Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. The first instructors that we reached out to, we reached out to last June and let them know that we're starting a website called somaticlab.live. And this is going to be... Um, a, a, a platform where people can do live and on-demand uh, training to train their nervous system. Uh, all kinds of people from all walks of life and all the nervous system disciplines from ancient disciplines we've all heard of, like yoga and Tai Chi and Qigong, all the way through modern uh, neuroscience-based disciplines that many less of us have heard about, like Feldenkrais Method, Hanasomatics and many others, Oxygen Advantage and, and other uh, really kind of very heavy based on the science uh, world. Uh, what I decided to do was create essentially like a department store of online training where uh, all disciplines are there. And we systematically create, uh, we're going to create 99 campaigns, 99 conversations about nervous system training to 99 different kinds of people and talk to them about why training their nervous system can help them, whether they're a collegiate athlete or a working mom or a senior who just fell in their garden and is recovering from an injury or whoever you might be. And then once we get you some free training on the on the podcast, uh, every episode of the podcast has a completely free class you can take to feel benefit. And we send you to more training. And then eventually we show you uh, how cheap and easy it is to join somaticlab.live, this uh, potpourri of training. And then we have tools to help you find the kind of nervous system training that's exactly right for you. So sort of a matchmaking company. We reached out to a lot of instructors that I know through my own professionalizing myself in a number of disciplines over the years that I've been building this company. So I'm a um, certified instructor in a few variations of uh, Russian martial arts sistema, and I'm a certified uh, teacher of awareness through movement in the Feldenkrais uh, method. Because of COVID, I, I entered a four-year program about six years ago. Uh, COVID kept us from doing the fourth year. We're just now starting year four because of COVID. So in about nine months, I'll be a, a fully certified Feldenkrais instructor as well. I really felt it was essential, not just to my own health, but in building a relationship with this community of top instructors in all the, the big disciplines of the world to not just be a marketer, not just be a business guy, but really be in it and be educated in it and have my life affected by it. And putting in those years of work definitely changed everything as I approached instructors. We got really top instructors from many disciplines right away who were excited about our approach to bringing people to their disciplines. And I think the fact that um, I took the time and care to professionalize myself in a few disciplines gave me a sort of relationship that would not be possible if I was just walking through the door as a marketer. Do you have a vetting process? I mean, to bring those people onto your, your platform, I'm assuming there's a level of uh, professionalism, a knowledge that you require from all the uh, professionals you have onto the networking. 
Yeah, all the people that we work with have well-established careers in their discipline already. Mm -hmm. They all have to be certified by uh, the top associations. Some disciplines have more than one association that, that accredits people, but everyone we draw from is accredited by the top association and their branch of their discipline. At the moment, we are only dealing with instructors in the United States and Western Europe. Um, we have about 20 instructors on the site right now. Uh, we're going to go into one of our, our big challenges of last year. I know you're into big obstacles we had to overcome. And our obstacle was how do we launch a live training site, live and on demand to the public when our cupboard is bare. And mm -hmm. what we had to do was approach a lot of instructors last year and ask them to start generating material onto the site. So now that we're finally in this first quarter bringing subscribers onto the site, we have over 600 recorded lessons available on demand and the stream of live training that's happening daily. But we had to have instructors from mid-September through the end of last year essentially teaching to no one, recording material, recording workshops, and generating a lot of material so that when we finally did have people come through the door, there's a lot of stuff to choose from. Well, let's rewind. I mean, who was a young Dan? I mean, was he this self-aware, self-conscious of uh, breathing <laughs> and who he was, I guess, at the time? No, I, I'm joking with my kids all the time. I, I've been breathing for the last 10 years. It's it's really great. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I was not aware. I was not physically involved my whole life until 45 years old. I was probably about 45 to 55 pounds heavier than I am now. I really led a life very uh, logic-based. I was into music. I was into filmmaking script writing and really rejected uh, the, what we say, physical culture. And it was not until about 11 years ago when I hit the wall. I had uh, my ex-wife and I sold our company. We sold out to our partners. We had a nice uh, big payday and uh, we're what I call dentist rich. Uh, definitely if I just wanted to fish and hang out. I never had to work again, and, but really found myself financially comfortable. But um, as far as meaning, as far as vibrancy, as far as feeling like I had an involved, engaged, um, vibrant life, it, it was very much the opposite. After the company went, there was a massive feeling in me of is the best over? Am I now just uh, waiting to die? Um, at, as we got to this huge uh, milestone of our lives and sold the company and had three kids and all this, my ex-wife and I both realized that we had gone through this massive 20-year adventure together, and yet both of our outlooks on where each of us go from that point forward were night and day. It just absolutely, each of us wanted to head in a different direction. And so slowly over time, as this quiet settled on our lives, um, we realized big changes had to happen. So I was going through uh, a divorce 10 years ago. 
I went back to filmmaking. I wrote, produced, and directed and starred in a, a feature film that I shot for four years, shot and edited for four years. That did not get picked up. I found out uh, that it was not going to get distributed around the same time. It really was obvious the marriage was coming to an end. And I really felt uh, in tremendous emotional pain. And this tremendous emotional pain is what brought me to try to find some kind of solution. I was going to therapy and, uh, you know, word-based type uh, things. Uh, I guess I was doing some hypnosis and some NLP and things like that. And it just was not really reaching in to me. And finally, after a lifetime of non-physical involvement, I met these retired uh, Russian special forces people who were training in a martial art called Sistema, which is all based on um, training your nervous system to very high levels of performance. And uh, what they were doing was sort of very frightening to me when I first met them. Uh, they do body work, which is now my specialty, and I, I'm uh, certified in this type of body work they do with sticks and tools and their approach in, with soldiers is to push and prod and whip and punch tension out of their bodies quickly. It's not enjoyable, but it does make you release tremendous amounts of physical and psychological tension in a very short period of time. When I first saw them doing this to people, I was just like, get me out of here. I want nothing to do with this. But two, three years later, when I was in this state of divorce and movie failure and what is my life now and is it all over? Is the party over for me? Uh, I went back to them and knew something had to give. And I said, I, I'm finally ready to surrender. I, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I will deal with whatever pain there is to deal with, but something has to give. And for the first time, I reached into the world of the physical and very fortunately for me, I didn't just reach into the world of physical of bodybuilders and stuff, but I reached into the beginning, the first discipline of an entire world of disciplines that train your nervous system. And me training my nervous system to feel profoundly more, to physically feel, I probably can feel 10 times more than I could when I started. Uh, what I thought was normal, what most middle-aged people think of as normal ability to feel is not normal. It, your ability to feel more than likely is very, very choked off from trauma, from tension, from elongated pain and, and not wanting to feel the pain. And many people feel profoundly less physical sensation than they actually have a capability of. And this pain drew me into this world, starting with the Russians. I very soon didn't feel I could keep up with the Russians, so I started doing yoga very seriously. And ultimately, uh, later in the story, found the Feldenkrais method, which is a very, very gentle version of this same uh, 31 flavors of ice cream. All these disciplines, Tai Chi, everything, they're all different flavors of the very same ice cream of training your nervous system. And pain brought me through the door like so many people, either physical pain or emotional. So you have like a heightened sense uh, for pain, heightened sense for pleasure uh compared to i guess the average person now for me you know pain is uh to paraphrase uh, a, a giant in uh, the the studies uh tom myers he has a system called anatomy trains he also happens to be in maine 
the the scientist's scientist. He knows a lot about anatomy and about fascia. He defines pain as intense sensation mixed with the psychological desire to run away from that tension uh, psychologically, to not pay attention, to get away. What training your nervous system with um, uh, intense methods does is it slowly and very safely allows you to feel, um, what would you say, intense sensations without that desire to run away. And it recalibrates in your mind what you consider pain to be. And certainly, as you feel more and more and more and more, um, it makes the pain you're feeling less and less a percentage of the total experience you're feeling in life. Before you train, if you hit your hand with a hammer, if someone breaks your heart, whatever the case might be, it, it that pain becomes what we think of as the entirety of our experience. This pain is killing me. I can't go on. And many people take an understandable wrong conclusion that either distracting yourself from pain or numbing yourself to pain is the way to reduce feeling pain. The problem is numbing yourself numbs you to everything. It numbs you to life it, it, itself. And distracting you, uh, distracting yourself from pain if it becomes too much of an uncontrolled habit, this is where addiction comes in, where you're addicted to a distraction from that pain. And some addictions also numb you out, and, and then you're getting the worst of both worlds, shall we say. So I wouldn't say that I have a higher sensitivity to pain. I just have a much higher physical sensitivity than I used to have. And that makes me experience unpleasant sensations in a different way way than i used to <clears throat> well let's rewind a little bit again i mean that's something pretty intriguing was the idea that you had you built a company up with your wife and about a sounds like about a year after you sold the company and you started kind of coming down from that and thinking i guess i guess the idea of retirement was when the divorce and when the that started is that kind of like a rough timeline about a year after yeah, I started working on my uh, film about a year before we sold. We sold while we were in pre-production for making the feature film. So about three years after we sold the company is when almost back-to-back -back, I found out that this film was not going to get picked up and from a commercial standpoint would be a complete failure and the marriage was coming to an end. So I would say that's about three years after we sold the company is when the the bottom dropped out for me. Well, well, and it sounds like the the kids were leaving the house. You're being empty nesters too, right? No, no, we didn't even start having kids till we were in our late 30s. So we're the 21st century type of parents, and uh, we skipped the 20s. I was 36, and my wife was 32 when we had our first child. So we still have two in the nest that aren't out to college yet. The first one's up and out, second one's almost there, and the and the third it will start high school, I think, next year. Well, do you think you you two would have been together longer if you would have kept the company and kept and kept growing the company? I don't 
think so necessarily. I was already out from working full time and it really was coming to a point where our partners wanted to expand globally. Yeah. And my ex-wife who started the company, um, it had really outgrown her. She started it in a bedroom with a telephone and a copy machine uh, in 1992. And by the time we sold it, most of our employees were in Russia. There were 250 full-timers. It was grossing $110 million a year. And we were in Maine with a staff of two or three people and raising kids. And, and the bulk of it was really happening. Our partner was really the one that went to school and learned how to scale and, and brought it to this mega size. And I don't know that it was really viable for us to continue owning it because so much of the function of the company was beyond our capabilities from when it started. The big part of the reason as we get into what I'm in now that when I realized finally that I had a new life mission and I wanted to go back to creating a new company, I realized I really had to essentially go back to school. And I joined Genius Network and Strategic Coach and some other organizations and spent the last four, four and a half years learning all the latest and greatest marketing tricks and the latest and greatest scaling tricks. And there were so many parts of that growth that I was here in Maine while that growth was happening with our partners and staff in um, Moscow. So while I was a part of it, I didn't know that stuff inside out. I was watching it as a witness almost, even though we owned it. We were not the ones scaling. So what, what, I uh, I had to go back to school, essentially. What was the company? The company was Anastasia. Now it's called Anastasia Date. It was a Russian-American uh, marriage and dating agency. Now, since we sold it, it's now three companies. It's uh, Anastasia Date for Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe and Western men. It's Latina date for South America, and it's Asia date. Uh, this Asia, Asia is the biggest market for that matchmaking kind of uh, um, industry, cottage industry, I guess. We never broke into that um, market when we owned it because we didn't know that market, and my ex was uh, as conservative as they come as a business owner and really did not want big expenditures of risk. The other partners were ready to break out of just the Eastern market and really wanted to take this giant machine they had made and apply it to bigger markets. And so I don't, given the way everything was and our role in it, I think it, it was time for us to get out regardless of the state of the marriage. Did did you are, did you have a background in, in Russia? Because it sounds like, I mean, even now today, you got your in or got, I guess, the knowledge base through a, a, a more of a Russian platform? Did yeah, you or your wife? Yeah, well, I in met Russia? her in Russia. I was in oh. Russia for the first time in 1993. I went over there as a carpenter working. Uh, I was in a, a habit after uh, NYU film school. I would, I would work as a carpenter for six to eight months save a lot of money and then uh, pay a lot of rent and try to not work for six months or so to try to get a screenplay written or try to get that mm -hmm. screenplay financed. And, and I, we kept trying to get these various projects. So I was in this about seven year uh, run of working a lot, saving up enough money so I wouldn't have to work to try to get some kind of film going. And a friend of mine uh, told me about a gig building the first uh, nightclub in post-Soviet Moscow, right up the street from the Kremlin. 
and uh, it was a great opportunity. I had nothing to lose. I was 27 or eight or something at that time and uh, jumped on a plane and went for it and made a bunch of money, which uh, financed me and my filmmaking partner moving to Cambodia for a year and shooting a documentary called Year of the Pig. Um, so when I went to Russia, um, I, I cannot say it was pleasant in those days. Um, but there was something about it that just sunk into my bones being a New Yorker. It just seemed, um, like a, a, a rougher, tougher, way over the top version of a New York mentality. Um, like New York. When you go to Moscow, I'd say the shy phase is over. You know, the shyness is not real big on the Moscow streets, just like New York. So I, I felt this sort of kinship in a much more dangerous environment, especially, you know, I, I was kind of safe because I was a foreigner. But back then, when I first arrived there, this was at the moment when 11 time zones worth of everything was suddenly up for grabs for whoever grabbed it. And, um, and then the next person to grab it, who took that first person out, and then the third person. What I learned, what I learned in those years of Russia, I think, is the same thing people learned in the Wild West. If there's suddenly something available to grab, you never want to be the first guy to grab it because you're dead quick. And the second guy, you're allowed to succeed. And then there's always the big third guys just watching and doing reports. And then once you're up and running, the third guy with the guns and the lawyers is going to show up and take it away from you. And the, the third person wins, whether you're talking about finding diamonds in the ground or oil in the <laughs> oil in the ground or whatever. If you're in a place that suddenly something of immense value is just up for grabs, my the theory is you run away. <laughs> you run away and come back later because very unpleasant stuff is going to start happening. Uh, anytime immense amounts of wealth are suddenly available for whoever it's uh we went through it in our in our country in the 1800s and russia definitely experienced that in the 90s with your uh your the online network right and, and you said that the coaches are u.s or western europe um for the most part and you having such a background in in Russia with your your ex-wife and the the original company that you or separate company that you 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 guys sold off mm -hmm. had a strong presence out there. Was there any thought of expanding it into um, uh, Eastern Europe and, and Russia, um, the network, the new company? Yeah, the new company. Well, I mean, yes, but there's no money there so oh, gotcha. um you know we could expand into all kinds of places but unless people are going to spend money th there's not a lot of point in doing that so what we need to do is establish ourselves in the united states first once we're up and running there we'll start advertising uh to western europe and um my my mission right now i've i've spent the last four years building this uh production machine that is going to uh, construct 99 campaigns, multi-funnel campaigns at 99 different kinds of people. Nervous system training is, is one of a very rare set of products 
that benefit every single human being alive. Uh, our uh, one of our great advantages in this company is we never have to ask the um, the um, marketing question. Do these people need a toaster? There's a famous phrase in marketing. Do they need a toaster? Everyone needs to train their nervous system. Most people don't realize it. So, uh, but this a universally beneficial product has its own marketing dilemma in that you cannot tell someone this will help every single person alive and it does everything. It'll make your psyche better. It'll make your tension go down. It'll make your elbow hurt less. This is uh, anti, um, anti-marketing. It's, it's too broad a message. It just doesn't make any sense. So how do we deal with this universally applicable um, thing that we have for sale, universally beneficial? What we decided to do is do a 21st century version of broadcast advertising. Instead of one message in every direction, we're going to construct 99 slices of that message and talk to you and then talk to you about how nervous system training and you and you. And this is why I started the Somatic Fanatic podcast because every um, campaign that we do that goes into our funnels of free training and heads toward subscription, um, we do starting with my podcast. We produce three episodes, 60 to 90 minute episodes. Our first one, uh, first set we just uh, did two weeks ago for lower back pain. Every episode is sponsored. If you go to our site, you'll see that we have in-house brands to help you identify who you are and why you want nervous system training. So we have a brand, Pain Works with an X for trauma recovery, Well Works with an X for seniors, uh, Smart Move for athletes and dancers and high performance movements, and other uh, in-house brands. So the way we use all these is I will have a podcast and I will say, for instance, our lower back pain, the set of three. This podcast brought to you by Painworks. It's our sponsor of this set. And then every episode has a free class that you can take. Uh, every episode has a free three-class workshop that's designed. I don't know if you're familiar with Jeff Walker's product launch formula, very famous marketer, very famous system. Again, education-based, where you're giving people real, actual classes. They can really feel benefit. In Jeff Walker's systems, you get a series of three classes. But in every one of those classes, we're also telling you about nervous system training, why it's good for people just like you. So we're, we're mixing marketing language and actual lessons in a series of three. And then that eventually leads you to an offer that if you'd like to a great place to now do this kind of training on a regular basis and transform your life for $40 a month or 400 a year. Here is our department store where all disciplines live and we have tools where we can help you find exactly the discipline under our roof that's just right for you. So we're doing this education-based um, funnel system and we're doing this all by building a, a database-driven um, system that allows us to construct each one of these um, campaigns all the way through the episodes, the opt-in pages, the sales pages. Every We have a menu of every team has to produce. We do a 10-piece uh, package 
of free content and those 10 pieces of free content lead everybody into all the funnels that eventually offer them to subscribe and cut out three days a week where they are going to train their nervous system on purpose. So that's what we've tried to do. My production background has let me do this. We're now, we're going to try to do 33 of these campaigns a year, each one of them, including three episodes of the, of the podcast. So we're going to try to do 99 episodes of the podcast per year for three years in a row. It also includes a free book. The reason we're doing three of them is we have a contractor on the side that can take the transcripts from three long form podcasts and turn it into a free book. So by the time um, our team tweaks an individual campaign and it's working and the language is getting responded to by that kind of person, if it's a working mother with a, with a sore knee, for instance, once that's working and it's getting responses, we can hand that off to affiliates and include this nice free book and the, and the workshop. So we produce all that at the beginning for every single ideal client type. And we're just going to keep doing one after the next, after the next, and slowly go around humanity one slice at a time and explain to all different kinds of people why nutrition, strength building, and training your nervous system are the three key things to keep your wellness under your control, to keep you out of having to depend on chemicals and medications and without having to have somebody slice and dice you to get rid of your pain or to overcome whatever your wellness challenges might be. Well, and, and, and like you previously said, I mean, I mean, basically everyone has a nervous system, right? It's just a matter of, uh, most people probably don't think they, they need it until they need it, uh, to what you're selling. Now, what, what has been the biggest struggle in kind of building your brand uh, over the, the last couple of years? I, I would say the biggest struggle is that I got this idea in my head of building this, what I call a word factory, where we can uh, take all the best practices of marketing and scaling. Um, and as I was learning all these things, things and going to all these workshops. And I went to uh, like mini workshops through Genius Network and um, Strategic Coach and would see things like Jack Walker's product launch formula, um, uh, quiz building uh, things, um, Dean Jackson's email strategies, and many other things like this. And I decided I'm, I'm going to buy every one of these people's big package. I'm on a sort of 10-year hiatus. I have an amazing advantage that I'm not in business. I don't have to fight existing culture. I don't have somebody in the warehouse for 15 years who doesn't want to see me change anything. I don't have existing clients I need to, to do. So I decided I'm going to somehow figure out how to attach all these systems I'm learning about into one factory where we can produce... Um, campaigns efficiently, where we can interview people in such a way, uh, and then have a process where all those interviews get chopped up and sliced and diced professionally. So we have a cupboard for that ideal client of quotes that are exactly right for them. And we chop up all those interviews into hero stories, uh, benefit statements, pain points, visions of success, and all these things that marketers talk about. We, we systematically interview people, 
have editors chop that up into video versions and written versions. And then all of that stuff is available as our copywriters have these many, many templates that we've also garnished from these systems for uh, scripts for every video I have to do, for our sales page, for our opt-in pages, for our 30-second videos, our minute videos, uh, all of our emails. We have about 180-something individual pieces that have to be created for every single campaign we do. And I got this idea that if we do it like a factory, if we do with words and images what Henry Ford did for cars, and we become a factory of campaigns, then we can, we can get this message out to the world. And my biggest challenge was going from this idea to the actual reality of not just charts, not just organizing it, but where every single part of that is a job and it's all in Asana software, so everybody can do their work and hand it off to the next person. But if you're waiting for that third, there's an email coming back, where's your stuff? And and making it repeatable and, and making it where it's not crazy, but it's so supported by software that everyone has a clear job that's easy to do, they know exactly what it is, and there's enough templating that we can very efficiently create a campaign and then do niche and micro niche semi-customized versions of that campaign with radically less work and keep track of it all and yet not have it feel stilted and yet have enough room in that in that um, template system that not every single thing is is, is literally a, a rubber stamp of every other campaign and and people can breathe and infuse humanity and their stories and really reach uh, people and um, where we had a system that all of our instructors and me can speak to every person we're after in a way that our personal story, the challenges we faced and how we overcame them can resonate with whoever it is we're talking to in a given campaign and lead them toward benefit. Another big challenge to me was getting the instructors to contribute so much material to us um, with getting paid many months away. And the way I did this is we decided to do a, a business model where we don't own any of the training material at all. All the instructors own every single thing they put on our site. Um, we just license the right to sell it for three years, and then they can renew if they're making enough money. And I said to them, "Listen, you know th this uh, Zoom camera you all now have in your in your uh, schools. I think you should look at this as a, a strategic new tool that never existed before. The way five years ago you would look at adding a." a 3 p.m. class for kids after school, and that's now going to be a permanent uh, moneymaker for you. And I'm going to add a 10 a.m. class, even though I'm a, I'm a martial arts studio, at 10 a.m. I'm going to add a seniors class, and people will physically come in. I said, why don't we approach the 21st century where that camera you have for doing Zoom that you had to do during COVID, why don't you look at that as a permanent asset where you're streaming live, and I'm the first customer who wants to sell that stream. But five years from now, there may be 10 companies like me who all want a, a piece of that stream and to sell that stream. So today, maybe you're streaming 
to 20 people. Five years from now, you might be streaming to 2,000 people, and I'm bringing 500 of them, and somebody else is bringing 100, and another person's bringing 50, and we're, uh, you rethink the value of that Zoom camera in your own school. That's how I talked our first 20 instructors to being determined to um, fill our cupboard by filling their own. So generate a new bunch of modern Zoom-based material that you can sell any way you want forever. Just put it on my site first. Uh, well, well, thank you, Dan, for all the information. I, I want to finish up with this question. If we were talking in, in five years from now, where do you see, I mean, your brand being, your network being, do you have a plan for another podcast, uh, another book? I mean, what are your plans in five years from now? Five years from now, I'm hoping that Somatic uh, Train Network will own all the companies involved uh, in somaticlab.live and somaticlab.live will become the Netflix of nervous system training. Our goal is to get one-tenth of one percent of the Netflix uh, subscribers. Our, our goal is for 250,000 subscribers. At that point, we're hoping to have about 250 instructors on the site. We're going to keep, to, we're going to try to keep to a ratio of about one instructor to a thousand people. Um, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see what, what makes sense as we ex expand. Um, my plan right now is to create these 99 campaigns, and then I am going to move full time to the next um, company in my sites, which I've, which we can meet about at another time called Touch Positive. Uh, that will be part of our site in phase two but is an independent company. And I hope to do the very same kind of thing, the one-stop shop for social touch training. And once my three-year tenure with this company is over and I'm not cranking out uh, campaign after campaign, I hope to spend the rest of my semi-retired life um, running Touch Positive after Somatic Training Network and teaching people how to touch better for the rest of my life. Well, again, thank you, Dan, uh, for being on the Rich Growth Podcast. Hopefully, everyone listening got some great nuggets. Do you think your younger self that was uh, um, building a, a dating website would ever be in this position today? Yeah. No, I, I definitely, when we sold, I did not want to go back into business at all. But um, I was in this strange situation that the business that, that, gave us all these resources that made us all this money was a business I had no emotional connection to. So I was happy for the success, but very unfulfilled in the ways that mattered most to me. So I would say if I were going to talk to my younger self, I would say there, there is a way to do work in this world that benefits other people and allows you to bring the unique ability that you have, that only you have to do it your way. It's not easy to find. It's very difficult to find when you're trying to pay the bills and keep your customers happy and all the rest. I would, I would dive into these things. I would go a few times a year to immersions of types of business training you've never been to before, types of personal training you've never been to before. Um, I'll leave everybody with the final thought, which is the first full day of training you ever get when you join strategic coach, which I would highly recommend strategic coach. The first day of strategic coach is six hours of them 
talking people into taking time off who haven't taken time off in years. If you're an entrepreneur and you cannot take any time off, then as they say in strategic coach, you don't own a business, you own a job. Owning a business is when you're training a team to do what you do. That's owning a business. That's scaling. And the only way to do that and keep yourself fresh is to make sure you have free days, 24 hours where you don't think about business at all. And this is going to be shocking. At Strategic Coach, they teach you that you should have at least 150 of those days a year, which I think to a lot of business owners seems insane. But the people who do that have the most successful businesses there are. Something yeah. to think about. And, and you know what? I mean, change happens. and it, um when change happens, it feels painful. So usually, just like Dan's, I mean, Dan's story is the idea that he was in a painful spot and that allowed him the opportunity to change. So if you're listening right now and you're in a painful spot, you might have a successful business. You you might not have a successful business. You might have, you know, I mean, getting a divorce. You might be in a, a good marriage. But if you're in a bad spot, Look at his opportunity because it's going to make that much easier to change. Try something different. Try a new job. Try something that's going to give you more gratification. Because I, I would guess when Dan, uh, you had that that marriage, having marriage with with a child, a successful company. Why did you? There's no point for you to change because everything seemed positive. At least it, it seemed comfortable. Everything was so comfortable that even though it was not fulfilling. The comfort seemed enough. And when that comfort went away, it really advertised how uh, I was spending so much energy toward things I didn't care about at all. Years and years and just for money. Uh, and really involved in stuff that really I could not muster any enthusiasm. I once told my staff, my, my, uh, my customer relations staff, I said to them, listen, everybody, your job is professional simulation of giving a damn. I know you don't care if Bobby is dating Svetlana from Omsk, but he has to think you are. And yeah. I've thought back on that speech so many times over the years because I realized I was doing the same thing. I, I didn't care. I cared about doing everything we do professionally. I cared about the company, of course. I cared about the success. But in my heart, I was involved in something that didn't mean anything to me at all because I didn't care if Bobby met Olga from Ops. I, I really didn't. It didn't matter to me one little bit. Um, I think there's a so lot of people listening. The years can tick by. You can be involved in something that is not part of who you are, and you turn around, and it's, it's 12 years later. Wow, where did the time go? And okay. We were lucky that we made money, but you could do that for 12 years and lose everything. Yeah. And, and you know? there's probably a lot of people's, people out there that are listening. They were in, are in that similar boat or were in that similar boat. I mean, so just take a second and see if you have passion in what you do. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Go, go to Dan's website. Everything's in the show notes. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, please share. And thank you guys. Uh, make today, make this week, the rest of the the month a great time bye everyone
Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.